This device isn't a spaceship. It's a time machine. Goes backwards, forwards. It takes us to a place where we ache to go again. It's not called the wheel. It's called the carousel. Hello and welcome to the Carousel Podcast. This is your host, Isaac Simpson. I am here today with Andrew Beck, a founder, the founder, one of two founders of Beck and Stone Brand Consultancy. Uh, and really the only other game in town from from Will uh, and much more of the uh, the granddaddy of the whole thing, a much more far along and established business that that I admire very much. Um, welcome, Andrew. Uh, dude, it's, it's great to have, um, you know, this nice chat and I'm, I'm, I'm super flattered. And also, like, I'm no granddaddy. You're a granddaddy. You're the granddaddy, no granddaddy. of based marketing you're the the first one you're the very first one (laughs) first first into into the breach yeah you are really i mean like i'm not even kidding like you really actually are like i'm i'm that's like the real truth hey anytime that i'm on a call with somebody and somebody like has some elaborate project i immediately say have you talked to beck and stone (laughs) because like we may be out of our pay grade here whereas you guys actually like do the real thing Oh, I mean, I I wish that we were in a much higher pay grade than we are, but that's that's the name of the game, really. It's sort of taking what you can and then doing as much work as possible and um, solving solving problems. You know, working on on uh, whatever the challenges that your client has. And uh, I mean, yeah, if if you want to talk about what what that main challenge is, really for. Um, you know, people who are just not part of the thing, right? We could we could call it the right. We could call it people who are based. Um, it's struggling with identity. I mean, really, that's the, that's that's the name of the game for the 21st century is people wrestling with identity and um, a brand, uh, and that's just that's just what it is, right? People have their own personal brands, but uh, corporations have them too, and so um, the right uh, or this this. Um, this weird niche that I kind of fell into by accident struggles with expressing their identity, even though they are actually very grounded and maybe have more um, substance there than their counterparts in the mainstream or on the left or whatever you want to call it. So that's, that's just what we did. And and I mean, whether that's making things, uh, whether that's making websites, whether that's uh, running people's social media, whether that's doing fundraising campaigns or putting on events or, um, it could be writing op-eds. It could just be having dinners and just getting people to know each other or working through standard operating procedures on, on how an internal team uh, runs. I mean, this this is just the fundamentals, really, of, of what it means to operate and express a brand. That's that's uh, that's just what we, what we sort of dug in our heels on and went through some went through some lean years. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm. I'm I'm happy with where it's turned out and I'm I'm hopeful for where it's going. The, the niche has expanded really whereas we we thought it was this small little thing 9 years ago and now it's just 
it's 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 actually getting bigger. Well, who else is in it besides us? I don't know anybody else. Is there anybody else? Okay, so I'm trying to remember their name, but they they specialize in print design. Um, and so they did like Christianity Today, uh, long-term client. We, we, we kind of worked parallel to them when we worked on what became Sola Media. So it's like Protestant, um, uh, you know, thought theology, modern reformation, White Horse Inn. So I don't know if those names mean anything to you, but, um, and, and then, yeah, they, they, then, they actually beat us out on a pitch for the redesign of National Review. So you oh, know that. Wait, who is this? What is their name of this? I am I am trying to remember so their name. You don't have to we don't have to get too inside. We can just speak in generalities. We shouldn't but, talk. But I mean, yeah, yeah. They they, yeah. they they kind of specialize in like religious sort of like um you know, soft editorial design. That's 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 what they do. Yeah. It, well, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, the uh, there's a couple that do like Middle America branding. I've got there's one that is like specialized. There's one called Middle that does a creative re- agency for rural America. But there there's a couple others. Oh, I, I wish I could remember the name. There's one other one that's like actually kind of a big, well-known agency that pivoted and like everything they do now is um you know, related to the common American flyover state yeah. supremacy type of thing. But I think, I mean, okay. So anybody else besides that one that you just thought of? I mean, really the people who we've competed with I'm find this. a couple of times is Pentagram, but it's, we're, oh, we're sort of yeah, running. Hey, come on, Pentagram. They're the fucking total opposite side, right? Sorry. For well, I, well, I mean, sure. But, but, you know, you, uh, they 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 have a way of um yeah i mean crafting crafting brands which people find appealing for whatever reason and they they kind of went away and it, it's 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 you know I, I won't go into the details to explain their structure but they have different partners who specialize in different niches and so um there's this one partner where it's sort of the intellectual um seen in new york knows him his name got around just like how they got one guy out in austin who just does all like university publications yeah. or just you know like just just and 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 that's just kind of how the firm works and that decentralized uh partner-based I see. structure okay. yeah. and You're so saying we that, yeah. we compete against really like one or two of the partner teams okay. um and and then have collaborated with them before when um they did they did first things and then we did the website design because back in the day they didn't do websites. It was like we just do logos and like print and like books, which is like cool. And but like they didn't you do did. websites. You did. You didn't do websites. You're saying you or Pentagram? Oh, no, 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 no. See, we we did we did the websites, but Pentagram oh, didn't I mean, do any of it. Pentagram, but they didn't they didn't build out the brand. Yeah. So it was an us sort of taking and extrapolating, uh, and yeah, making yeah. it making it digital, which is of course now how people know brands, right? They don't right. really know it just exclusively yes. from a print artifact with, with some exceptions. And I'm, I'm like glad to see that more people are kind of coming back into that where they want tangible things, not just pixels. But again, this is just part of what I was talking about with these sort of, um, I, I, I guess it's just the sort of like upmarket client 
where they are, um, you know, mostly talking to a small group of people. They're, they're trying to influence the influencers, but not like TikTok girls. They're trying to influence people with PhDs or people who are in office or whatnot. Um, people who are slow to change and people who are slow to adopt new things. And um, yeah, yeah. So, so like I can see what you're talking about, right? Where there's this move to capture middle America. I mean, there's, 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 there's wealth that's moving South. There's wealth that's moving from the coastal cities. There's human capital and talent that's coming from uh, San Francisco and Los Angeles and New York and, and whatnot, and all kind of moving um, moving inland and moving south. And so, of course, you know, brands are, you know, agency brands, they're, they're always going to go where they kind of think the money's going. Um, but, but, but yeah, with us, our, our bases, uh, still DC, New York, Los Angeles, uh, I mean, where, where there are, uh, you know, you're still an elitist. You're still an elitist. You're out here right, saying, right. You want to be with Pentagram. I am, I am, I am not a populist. I, I, I you're see not the, a populist. You're not a populist. I see the use for it. Yeah. But, 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 but no, not at all. You're um, not that. You're not that. All right. So Bailey Lowerman was the, do you know Bailey Lowerman? Yeah. Okay, I think the they're name, the, the ones. Yeah, for sure. They're, they're kind of big. I, let me just brief the audience here because we're already deep into, the world of branding, which nobody knows anything about. So we, we have to just kind of like tell people where we are. Pentagram is the, okay. Uh, Andrew and I both do a sector of the advertising industry, which is called branding. And branding is actually different from the mainstream of advertising, which is where you, where you would see Wyden Kennedy, 72 and Sunny, where I used to work, uh, Shiat Day, you know, um, the the big names of traditional Ogilvy style. McCann, Gray. McCann, yeah, the people Gray. People that right. you uh, hear on Mad Men. That's, exactly. That's advertising. That was the heyday of big time agency, agency of record advertising, where, where a brand would just have one agency and that would be everything. And that's what they would do. The, the world balkanized from there. Uh, and so now everything is a million different agencies. Nobody has an AOR anymore. And the coolest part of that entire milieu is the branding part, which I agree that this is the best part to be in because you're doing the most creative work because you're right. Everybody below us has to execute the shit that we give them. And then they have to fucking take it out and do it. Right. The number one name in all of branding is Pentagram. Pentagram is fucking massive. They are in where they're in London. Where are they? They're, I think they're like in London, London. New York, Berlin, Austin. Yeah, they're everywhere. They're like the number one branding agency. I've worked at a couple, two, if not three, Pentagram level branding agencies. Never at Pentagram though, because I think, as you're saying, Pentagram is just this like massive network. My only experience, my introduction to, to Pentagram, I was working at a different branding agency. We had a client come to us, say, we just fired Pentagram. And why? They showed us work that Pentagram had made for them, a logo, right? A logo, this is for a very advanced and very cool crypto project. And the logo was this kind of like scrawled M. It was like an M that was like scrawled, right? And we were like, all right, well, that's pretty cool. And they were like, yeah. But look at this other logo that Pentagram made. 
And it was the exact same. <laughs> it was literally, they sold the, they, I don't know how it happened. It must've been like a miscommunication. They sold the same M effectively the same M to two different clients. So obviously they flipped out. This is like a very cool project too. So it was like, not okay that they fucking did this. And, uh, you know, they fired that agency and hired our agency. And and this is where we're in the realm of like hundreds of thousands. I mean, like so much money. So that was my introduction to Pentagram. So I obviously have a very different, like my opinion of Pentagram is very different from your opinion of Pentagram. And I'm also like more of a populist. Like I, the elitism of Pentagram drives me crazy. And I, I, I hate so much that people in our space, we've talked about this before, and I know that you disagree with me, but like it bothers me that people in our space use Pentagram to brand right-wing projects. I mean, have you ever brought uh, Sarab Amari or Matthew Schmitz on the call and asked them why they use Pentagram for Compact? But people, people like the site. You know, it's a great site. site. It's a great site. It's very good. Very, very good. So, so I mean, yeah, th this this is like the challenge, right? That I think people just want good work. And we've had people who are, uh, when it, if, if like you were going to put them on a political map, we're certainly not right wing. They come to us, even though they know that there is a propensity for working with conservatives because they just want quality. And they want their problems solved and they want their pain points alleviated and they want their uh, awareness to be raised or whatever it might be. And we're we're seeing a competency crisis. Like you're saying with yeah. Pentagram, you have that thing where people are starting to just recycle stuff. What is happening with advertising? We're, we're, we're just seeing the same things over and over again. Yeah. Um, and, and eventually people get the idea that this isn't worth my money or even my time to be investing in places that are not pushing um, not just creativity, but objectivity, right? That's yeah. that's sort of what makes branding yes. different from art. That's what makes design and advertising different from art. There's an objective there. When art has an objective, it becomes propaganda. It becomes cringe. We don't, we don't like it, right? Art has to live somewhere in the ether, but that's not, that's not what we do. And I, I, I am grateful that I have clients who are, um, you know, different from me when it comes to political leanings, because it shows that they are wanting something that is that is greater than the political wins. They want they want substance. They want results. And ultimately, I want money and I want to be successful and I want to support as many of my guys as possible and let them have good lives. And money is Money is money. Um, and just as long as you're not, uh, you know, doing porn or, you know, human trafficking or anything like that, I will, uh, if it is within my power, work for money. I feel that, man. I just watched uh, uh, Sound of Freedom. I don't know if you've seen Sound of Freedom. Yeah, I like I like went with like 10 other guys from the Dallas area just to just to like, you know, just to make a statement on on uh, opening night. Did you like it? I was surprised by the good quality of it. I, Me I would too. Say, yeah. yeah, it was, it was just a, a well-made movie. Um, I didn't like how they, what, what is that called? Breaking the fourth wall? 
at, at the end where yeah where he, i know that was talks so to dumb. the audience yeah 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 that was very lame at the very end it was just like all right you don't need to do, you don't need to do that but the rest yeah. of the movie i was i thought was very uh was very good yeah it's yeah in- there was yeah no go ahead yeah Jay, i mean just like the fact that they're even willing to make a movie about an issue and, and like you know look i'm i'm not a fan of you know, making entertainment for the purpose of education, you know, we need to like educate people about this, this issue. But um, the fact that nobody else picked up on this human trafficking crisis, and and that how like slavery, like literal slavery is on the rise in the 21st century, just just that statistic, you would think that like progressives would lose their minds over that You you think that like they would be all over that. They don't give a fuck. No, they don't care at all. And dude, the begin- yeah, no, the beginning of that movie is so good because yeah. because it's bringing you to a such an ugly, ugly place that you are not. You don't. You're just like, I do not want to see this. this. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to see this yeah. at all. But we need to go there. And like, yeah. honestly, I've you know, have you have you've ever been to Cambodia? Have you ever been to Cambodia? If you've been to Cambodia, you've seen this. Like you see it. It's like out in the open and it is so shocking and disgusting and you're just like what is going on? Like surely I'm not understanding what's going yeah. on here and you just say like what the fuck what is this? And the fact that uh that guy who, you know, Mormon, you're not Mormon. Are you Mormon? Which what is your your Protestant, Catholic, Eastern? I mean, I'm just a Christian. Uh if 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 you would call me evangelical, because I don't really have a denominational affiliation, but I'm my my dad is from a Catholic background. Um and uh and and yeah, I would say that like culturally, uh I was I was very influenced by Roman Catholicism, but in terms of beliefs, I'm I'm just a born again Christian. I went to that like uh, Justin Bieber church in L.A. once. Oh, oh yeah, no, I um, <laughs> Hillsong, yeah, yeah. There's Hillsong, but there's actually another one here that's like even more popular. Mosaic, Mosaic, yeah, yeah dude. Mosaic. Yeah. I went to a Mosaic, and everybody was going like, you know, like this, and I was just like, I yeah, it just was not. I don't know. You know, yeah, no, but, I mean, yeah. yeah, we can talk about religion, but I mean, do you what kind of church do you go to? Do you so go right to church? Now, yeah, so, so right now I attend a uh, sort of like a church plant out here. I mean, really, me and um, church my family, I'm, I'm married with uh, six children. I had I had five sons when I moved out here from New York City. I grew up on Staten Island. Uh, you mostly. grew up on Staten Island. Yeah, oh so like God. between Staten Island and New Jersey. So I'm I'm you know, I'm a city boy. Uh but my mom is uh born in Texas and my dad was born and raised in Brooklyn. Um so they they met and uh you know, that's 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 that. Um but yeah, we we sort of packed up. I had two brothers who were cops uh in the in uh the NYPD and so they both resigned. What? And uh <laughs> Yeah, like I, a Texas have, guy. What is going on? No, 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 no. Yeah, You're blowing I'm, my I'm mind. A, okay, sorry. Keep I'm going. a New Yorker uh, and a Texan, just mixed together somehow. Um, but, 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 yeah. So I'm I'm one of seven, and uh, six of my siblings and my parents all, whether sold houses, quit jobs, sold 
sold businesses and all packed up, left New York. Um, actually, it was like three years ago, a couple of days ago. Um, and then just talked about where we wanted to go. And we were like, Texas looks good, Dallas area. And we all we all settled out here. And that was that was three years ago. Three um, years ago. That was only yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. So and and you know, we like looked for for different churches and um wait a second. So so hold on. Beck and Stone was when was Beck and Stone created? Beck and Stone was founded, I guess nine years. It'll be it'll be nine years. So you were running April. Beck and Stone out of New York City, downtown Manhattan. What? Well, uh, you Andrew, know, you are a fascinating man. You are generally you are like a rare zebra. Like they, there's I only one pictures of like me said, you know, we did like a photo shoot. It was like me with with like the Statue of Liberty out there. Me, I'm like sitting working. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. It's uh, you are genuinely one of a kind. I I I I think uh, more people need to know about Andrew. Oh boy. Okay. No, I, I had know. no idea. I thought you were just like a straight up. Okay. Anyway, keep going. So three years oh, no, ago. No, no, yeah. So I mean, I I like changed my Twitter handle, bro, from Andrew Beck NYC to Andrew Beck USA because damn right, damn you know, right. No, no longer was doing NYC, but also, I mean, you know, who knows? One day, you might I might have to change from USA to just like whatever's next <laughs> mars if, mars yeah, whatever mars. whatever it's, it's gonna be <laughs> the monarchy under yarvin or whatever. yeah <laughs> um, yar, yarvin land you go yeah. andrew beck yar yar <laughs> but but uh but 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 yeah no we we um so yeah i don't i don't know where you want me to to go back to so like the church you know we we all looked for churches out here and we were just like um it's not that great. Um, and and not in, in terms of like, there wasn't good people or anything. It's just leadership. And so I was raised a pastor's kid. Um, what kind of pastor? So, what, what, what denomination? Are, are you no, German? I mean, not, German? Well, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm half German, but... Um, what's the other half? Oh, Irish. Well, I mean, okay, I, I guess that's my dad's side is German and Irish. My mom is um, is white. As in, she's like Anglo. She like her Anglo. Yeah. family founded Maryland and like yeah. you know lived in Texas for several generations now. Fought for the South, that that kind of thing. Um, whereas my dad, um, his his two sides came from Germany and Ireland in like the 30s. I've got relatives buried in Ukraine. Um, you know that 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 kind of thing. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so like no, no denomination. He was he was raised Catholic, um, but he was he was born again uh, in like the late seventies, early eighties, something like that. And um, uh, tried to go back to the Catholic Church, just couldn't, just just wasn't getting like spiritually fed. And then kind of stumbled into an Assemblies of God church, and then went there, and then went to a Charismatic church after that, and then uh, he was called back. Um, he was he was living in San Diego, California, which I was actually born um, because they they were all my parents kind of left New York for a time after they got married and were just like we don't really know what to do. The church was dis disbanding, um, and uh, went out to San Diego. And then this group of people who were here who were mostly um, 
mostly former Catholics. So people who were involved in the Catholic charismatic movement uh, that was going on in New York City and the East Coast, really in like the 70s, 80s. But this was now like the early 90s. They wanted to form a church. And so it's mostly like old, like older, you know, middle-aged Catholic ladies wanted a pastor. And so they then kind of called my dad out and uh, met and, you know, they, um, they, they made him the pastor of, of this church. And that's the church that I grew up in, um, which again, it's like culturally Catholic, right? I mean, you, you had, we had communion every Sunday, uh, you know, even though like theologically, of course, we weren't Catholic, but there, there was just certain sort of, um, practices that, and, and, and like a, a sort of like a religious devotion, um, that, that was instilled in me through those people and through my father. But I also had an example in my father who beyond any kind of religious affiliation, beyond any kind of doctrinal differences, he's just a man of God. He's just a man of virtue. He, I mean, he was, he was, he was based before it was based. I mean, I look back at the nineties and I'm like, my parents were against rap and rock music. They were <laughs> vaccines. They were against public schools. I was, I was, uh, went to a few years of private Christian school when my grandmother was, was paying for it. And then my parents were like, no, screw this homeschooling it. Um, they were, they were against like, you know, artificial flavors and aspartame and like all this stuff. They were, wow. like, I mean, they, they, they were just like homeschoolers of the nineties. But wait, 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 wait. We got to talk about rap and rap and so you're there's no rap or rock music. Well, see, like I I have if 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 you want to get into the music conversation, there's a difference, I think. I think that rap and it again, it's it's certain, it's certain rap. So like Kanye himself is just like the made of weights. It's like something is up with those things, you know, that like there is do we like Kanye or not? Kanye good or bad? Oh yeah, no, I mean I like. I like Kanye as a mythic figure, but his music, the music, the music's hit and miss. Um, oh, but, okay, no, I thought okay, I love great. Kanye. I'm a, I'm, a, other I'm stuff a Kanye is... devotee, but, okay. but, uh, what I'm trying to understand from you is you said they didn't like rap and the, everything that you said after that, I completely agree with, but not liking music that starts to feel like, are we in footloose territory? Is like music being banned? Oh, oh listen, like all that. Like, all where those are we things at? Back in the back in the nineties, back in the eighties, what what they were trying to do in entertainment is they were trying to break down Christian values to yeah. say like you're all sticks in the mud. You should get cool about sex and about like all this different stuff. It was basically, uh, and the, and then we kind of reaped, or, or we are reaping now what what our parents. Um, uh, or, you know, I don't know, older siblings, whoever sewed in the 80s and 90s. Um, and, and so my parents kind of like were coming out of that. I mean, my dad loved music. He loved rock music, but he knew the spiritual power of it. And so, wow. yes, there's some gray areas to it. But he was like, I would much rather my kids not get any experience with certain types of music that I know has spiritual power. Wow. And then let them, you know, later on in life. Yeah. Like if, if like you want to listen to sure, that's, that's like your decision, but it just set me up, I think for a very like, like healthy, um, upbringing. That's my, that's my point. Like I didn't even know what porn was until I was maybe 20 years old. Like I just, just, I, I just didn't know. And that just doesn't mean that I was sheltered. I mean, playing like street hockey and going to little league. And I mean, doing things I went to Europe, like <laughs> five times as a teenager on these different yeah, mission yeah. trips. I went to Mexico, uh, you know, like 
it was it was it was it was just a great upbringing and so okay going all the way now back to where am i going to church in texas we just decided like let's just basically like refound the church that was in brooklyn and but rather than it being um you know kind of like some old former catholic ladies who want my dad to be the pastor it's it's mostly his kids and maybe three other families so that, he's that, still he's still the pastor He's still yeah. around. Still the pastor. Yep. yep. What is it called? It is called Signpost. Uh, so if if you go to hissignpost.com, you'll his basically see my dad's. He he does a daily devotional. This guy literally sits and every single day he's been doing it for like four years. Writes a daily devotional, and it's like always new. It's always something different, and like he's just he's just prolific. Um, cool. It's great, man. It's great to it's great to admire your father, you know. I've yeah. I've never had that. I've never had uh I've never had that and I really wish I did. You know, I mean, for me, uh honor thy mother and father is obviously the one commandment that I really uh cannot do. So, it's like uh, you know, but I but it's great that that you have that guidance, you know. It's it's very cool. It's very cool. Well, well, hey, look, I mean, now I, I actually like fight with my dad about different things that are political and whatever. I mean, he's still very much a boomer. Um, but uh, but 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 also, you know, to just have again in those formative years, the formative years when you're a child, you can actually admire your parents. You you know your parents are protecting you, even if it's strict or if you feel like, oh, there's 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 like things that I'm missing out on. You get through that really fast. You get over it really easily. And then you get to young adulthood and then your parents can be your friends. And um, and then and then now, yeah, now it now feels like we're equals and my dad treats me like an equal. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's the, it was it was it, it's it was you know, realizing this. I, I think when I was in college and someone pulled in like sociology class or like whatever, they pulled the white privilege thing. I mean, I, I, I never heard of this but of course this was i mean probably 12 years ago um so it which is where it was confined right it was just kind of like in like sociology classes and like people were just sneaking it in there and uh there was there was something about like a stable home or like you know knows his father or something so first of all it was low-key racist because i'm just like you're just gonna call everybody else out here i was like one of two white people in the class um because you know it it was new york city i am you know um and 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 it was like not a good school necessarily because yeah. I, I I wasn't rich or or particularly uh, you know academically inclined. Um, but but um, um, you know I was like yeah I am privileged actually I am privileged not because I'm white, but because my dad and my mom made sacrifices yeah. and like put in work and like even risked their. Uh, whether it's careers or whether it's even their like relationship with me at times, right? To be like, no, you're not going to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Discipline, discipline. Yeah, yeah. Your life, like that is privilege. That that is that is the greatest privilege. Yeah, that, that you can get. And I'm proud to be privileged in that manner, which 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 goes beyond my race. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. No, I totally agree. I mean, I I come from completely like the opposite. And so it's it's true. Like, I think you just put it very well. It's like they need to risk their relationship with you in order to deliver the message of like, no, 
you can't do these things. And it's their job to guide you, you know, if, into the world. You know, that's the job of the parent. If your parents just let you walk into the street. Yeah. No, it's all right. He'll be fine. Yeah. Like, no, like there's there's a lot of cars there. If if you one day get hit, I mean, sure, some, some people don't get hit. Oh, great. Well, that that worked out. But yeah. then some, some people do. Whose right. fault is it then? Yeah. The, the kid doesn't know any better. So they yeah. go walking into all sorts of different things. And it's up to the parent. And even if like, oh, you know, you're being you're being too straight. Of course, you know, should you try to like cross the cross the street with your kid or, you know, I don't know, you know, have a talk with them or something like that. But like th- there's that there's that part where a lot of millennials, I think, were and I'm guessing you're a you're you're not you're you're not a Gen Xer, right? You're no, I'm a millennial. I'm a millennial. okay. Great. So like I'm 38. Like, How old oh, are you? Okay. I'm 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 almost 36. Yeah. So basically, yeah. basically. Yeah. So so I mean, we we were just raised like a lot of us were raised with parents who were very wrapped up in success in their career in like yeah. getting stuff and 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 we had two working parents. We were like one of the the first generations in history yeah. who had two parents who were outside the house. Yeah. And so what what that did it was like i don't care about all the activities that you were giving me i don't, I don't care about the, the house that you're giving me i don't care about the college that you sent me to like i just want some of your time i just want you to just just like look at me and care about me and I, i'm not i'm not judging your situation i just know from hearing from a lot of millennials it's like whereas back in the day i was i was made to feel like i was somehow disadvantaged because i yeah. was not because I didn't have per- permissive parents, I had strict yeah, parents. Yeah, like yeah, re- yeah. relatively, but really, speaking. that was way better. And I, I'm, it's, I'm literally like the complete and total opposite. Um. All right, I don't want to get too far away from from the discussion of branding because, like, I, I want to get back to that because that's like what we share in common and what ostensibly this podcast is about so 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 uh this is all brand and, and yeah and like, this is all branding this is, this is all this branding. Is, this everything is, is what branding. it is right so you're building an identity and and there's all these complexities and eccentricities and it's how do you take those and con- condense it down and then make it something that, that 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 people can kind of feel more than they can like perceive all that uh yeah. that, that that character to it i mean that's that's what our job is so how did you get in? It's a t- tell me the genesis of, of Beck and Stone, which I had no idea came from Staten Island. Like, how did this get started? What what happened? Where did you begin? I mean, it seems like you come from this very interesting family, but you also learned this trade, which is like a trade. So like, how did yeah, that yeah, I, I, I don't I don't really know where you want me to start, but like I wanted to be a historian when I was in school. I enjoyed history. I, I wanted to get as close to um, like original sources and texts. I wanted to, to to go on digs. I wanted to like travel the world and like look at stuff and then make up my own mind or and then like help. Yeah, like create narrations for people about Did you want to be. Were you an like. Indiana Jones kid? No, 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 because I wasn't allowed to watch Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. Because there was like one or two scenes and they're like, nope, you're not watching (laughs) that. Um, But but, but, but no, like like I liked liked history and I thought I was going to be a historian. One, um, I I won't get into all the drama, but my intent was to go to someplace like Princeton. 
and and kind of just you know study and and uh become a historian and when i sort of realized that one i wasn't going to go to princeton um uh, unless i got a full ride because um my college fund um uh, uh you know wasn't there by the time that i needed to use it let's just, let's just put it that that way well you could have gone um, into debt though i mean you could have done the debt thing. right i mean i could have just said i'm gonna i'm gonna go into debt and i'm going to just pursue this history thing and then um and then I was just like, no, because I'm going to have to go to like eight years of school. I'm most likely never going to get anywhere close to a lot of the cool stuff that I really want to look at, um, you know, going and like seeing the digs in Turkey. I mean, the, the, the fascinating stuff that's in Turkey, like, you know, whole cities where like everything yeah. is supersized and there's like penises everywhere and stuff. It's just like <laughs> crazy, you know, crazy, like crazy you're just like what is this like yeah. what kind of a civilization this is there's no record of it except for this thing um that's you know cool. yeah. that's that's just like stuff that i wanted to have access to and i just realized that's not happening um okay there there has to be some other more of like a trade and i saw the rise of the internet i was i was i was fascinated by you know things that you could do not like on computers you know people think you're like a tech guy you're a tech guy no 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 not a tech guy I I liked the communication that was going on through the internet. Um, like back in the day, there was Lego.com uh, was just like one of like the safe sites that I was allowed to visit on the internet. Um, but they had all sorts of different like co community features and games. And of course it was like integrated with their products. It was like, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a great experience um, that that just like opened up my eyes to the possibility that the internet had um not only just for me being able to sink my teeth into things that i would find interesting and that i could build so ah you know i like legos so okay you're gonna you know like building things like putting things together but you like communicating you 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 want to teach others you want to narrate things for them you want to dig things up and you want and 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 so um but but then yeah also like seeing that uh, how how the internet was going to change work and I mean th this 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 sounds sort of braggadocious now but I was literally like 18 years old and saying with a laptop and the internet this this internet and like if I learn how to work on the internet I can work from wherever I can be anywhere and I will be able to have a job and that was appealing to me and so. Tried to look around for a place that taught you how to work on the internet and like none existed. Tried to like go like a fine art school, you know, SVA, um, Pratt, I mean, anything like that. It was all, it was all fine art. It was all graphic yeah. design. It was all like working with, with exacto knives and like putties and doing, you know, color wheels and stuff. I'm like, I, I like the internet's made of code. Like how, how do you code? Nobody like just taught you how to code back in the day. So wow. I ended up going to a school called Catherine Gibbs right off of Bryant Park in the middle of New York City, um, which was a bunch of like um, programs that were two-year associate degrees that were basically just meant to kind of prepare you for career, right? It was a career education school, for-profit. You know, it was all that Obama money that was coming in that just juiced the system. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people hated it. I thought it was great because it connected me with mostly advertising and like branding and graphic design professionals because they were kind of like moonlighting as professors, but there was only maybe like one or two staffers. There was a, 
um, the the uh, dean of my program, which was a design and digital media program, they, they kind of custom made this program um, and even like edited it as we were going along because the iPhone dropped. Like my first semester in college, the iPhone drops and completely changed the game. And she, the dean, throws out the program. Basically, says like we need to remake the curriculum. We need to find out how to work with touch screens with the iPhone. We need to focus on mobile. Um, this was this was just unheard of. And so the relationships that I developed, I I, I became assistant to the dean. Uh, I became student body president um, and befriended the the professors. And those professors were the people who gave me my first like actual work. And usually it was for free. Usually it was clients that uh, they had maybe promised that, that they were going to work on, you know, just like private clients and they, they didn't want to do it anymore. Um, but then also I, I, you know, internet a magazine uh, really is a you know, publishing company called, uh, called, uh, called in New York. So back in the day they had where, and like where you can still see it in like hotels, right? It's like where New York, where Las Vegas, where it's, yeah, it's you know, hotel, hotel yeah. magazine. So that was, that was one of them. They also yeah, had a fashion one called in um, I worked there. So I got experience with print. But, you know, mostly working with web stuff because they didn't have anybody who could who could do this. I hired a fine art company in the village um, just to be web guy. And I mean, I like set up like, I don't know, like set up her TiVo or like whatever. I mean, I, I, I start to just do anything tech related because you're just you are just you are just web boy. And uh, yeah, and, um, yeah. you know, the, uh, I got got some really good experience under my belt even before I went into the agency world. So like the agency world. Um, worked on Madison Avenue. There was that time where it was Silicon Alley in, in yeah. New York City. So you had this yeah, convergence of yeah, tech yeah. and all like the VC money. Bloomberg was was like really encouraging and he's kind of like smushing manufacturing. Like he like ended like Farberware, you know, like, you know, that you know that company Farberware that that makes no. the percolator. It's just like a Brooklyn staple. You know, it's like my great grandparents had a Farberware. And then what is a Farberware? Farberware, you know, it's a German, uh, you know, some Germans made this this percolating coffee pot. You know, stainless steel. It's got a black bottom. Oh, yeah, plug yeah, it yeah. in. That's a German thing. That was an Italian thing. No, no, no. no. It's uh, so it was. It was. But I mean, you know, it was, oh. it was made no, by Germans. No, this, I'm not even thinking. Brooklyn, I've never even heard like, of a farber. I don't even know a farberware. Yeah. See, this is this is because this is because you're from Los Angeles. <laughs> I'm not from Los Angeles, but yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but 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 yeah, I mean, like you know, so so like anyway, like Bloomberg chased out like that style of business, and you know, really went heavy into tech, and so the advertising was now kind of figuring out how to like smush itself together. They had all the 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 digital agencies, right? Like Huge and uh, Carrot Creative, yeah, and uh, yeah, Queen Theory. And, and these like places kind of spring up because they they can kind of act nimbly and take advantage of the of the slow adoption of the larger firms. So I worked at a few of those places and um, there was this one client uh, walked into the to the room and you know the, the guy who was sitting there was Austin Stone. And so uh, worked with him on the project. And then I, you know, I mean, maybe a year later, just for whatever reason, I was just like, it's time to leave. And I have enough private clients that I had kept up again, just from, the professors that had introduced me, the different places that I had worked at kind of on and off. I I just retained good relations with these people. I, I still just work nights and, you know, weekends and, and uh, sometimes lunch hours uh, to, to, to just do freelance work and keep that side of the business up. I mean, you know, business, it was really just me. 
And I decided to then strike out on, on my own. And then just various people, when they heard that I was on my own, said like, oh, the only reason why we were going back to that agency was, oh, was because you were there. So we'll just go with you. And um, Austin was one of those people. And he um, he started to involve me in different entrepreneurial efforts that that, that he had. Um, and yeah, just kind of being like, I was, I was the one man agency. And, uh, after a while, after then I started kind of using him also on for like client. What was he though? What was he? That's why I don't understand. Okay. Yeah. So he is, he's like a, he is a, um, like a consultant in its truest form as in a management consultant. So when it comes to things like finances, operations, um, I mean, he's now, COO of, of this place, uh, Common Sense Society. He's he's still a partner here, as still a shareholder, but you know doesn't actively work here anymore. But 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 that's what he has always been. He's been good at running things, and um, you know, creating systems and paying attention to d- details. I mean, that's 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 his thing. And so um, I was this one man agency, you know, tool toolkit. I was like writing copy. I was coding. I would go and like take photos and like videos and like edit them and and then do all like the design and the branding on top of all that. And then he would be able to like find the clients, manage stuff, um, keep the relationships going, just just keep me on track, you know, just make sure that hours were logged and that things were just built. I mean, just just that that that's how we worked. We were we were kind of Andrew Beck and Austin Stone for a good year and a half, two years before we were Beck and Stone. So when it became just easier to build together rather than like client having these two separate billings, okay, well, I guess we're just back in stone now. Um, and then, so, you know, that's, that's when we scaled, uh, had a, we work for about three months or four months and we were like, <laughs> screw this. Um, and then, um, got this, uh, got this office on a great deal. They, they were just opening. I don't know if you know, bond collective, they're, they're like huge now, but I mean, just really nicely curated space it was brand new. We, we were like the first people to to rent there. It was on 60 Broad Street, just gorgeous space. Um, and got it for a song. We we're like, we can't believe that people are like still using WeWork when a place like this is. And and I mean, frankly, with WeWork back in the news, I saw WeWork right then. I'm like, this is what is going to disrupt WeWork. This this is why WeWork's not going to work out. It it is too easy to get in and out of your of your contract, your your lease. And the spaces are awful. Nobody yeah. wants to be there. And all like the, the only reason why we're being here is because we're forced to be here. We, 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 we have to be here. But Austin and I have been working remotely for almost two years. So us now coming back into the same space, we, we want to kill ourselves and kill each other. Yeah. So moving the space, scaling out, you know, we, we got to up to maybe three or four more people. Um, Austin got sick, um, lost a pivotal client. There was some rough times, um, lean, lean times. Um, and, and so, yeah, you know, it like, hasn't been all roses. It's, it's, it's been a fight. We decided to rather than like, let, um, we, we, we had to let one person go, but rather than let the other, I think it was three, three other people rather than let the three other people go. Um, uh, I stopped taking a salary. Um, Austin, um, took basically as much as would pay for his health insurance, um, and, uh, and then canceled the office and just told everybody to go home and just work, work, uh, work remote. And I, um, you know, I like picked up some more freelance stuff. I, I, uh, hocked cars. Um, really? You and, hocked and, cars. Uh, what does mean? What do you, what does that mean? 
You were a used car dealer. <laughs> no, no. Uh no, no, no. It, it's it, yeah, it was all it was it was all new cars. You basically buy a car from one person. And sell. <laughs> wait, wait, sorry, what? Sorry, I was laughing. No, no, no. It's it uh to just put it simply, it's reselling. So right, yeah. it's it's uh you you buy a car from 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 one person, very expensive car, um, and then sell it to someone else that's in a different location that is willing to pay a premium for it. And um yeah. No, I, I'm not laughing at you at all. I, I hope you don't. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, no, I'm just no. laughing I'm because you are such a, you're impossible to pin down in any practical way at all. Uh, so, so yeah, no, uh, that that's just fascinating. I think that that's right. And this was all happening in New York City. Yeah. So were, were you uh, right wing then? I mean, was, was Beckenstone right wing? Is it right wing now? I mean, I would not say that the brand or that the firm is right wing. I mean, you know, these corporations, corporations, at least of of uh, of 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 my nature, where it's we're we're supposed to be objective. We're supposed to be professionals. We can't afford political ideologies that speaks for everybody at the firm, whether it's employees or whether it's clients. We end up limiting ourselves, even on the right. And I mean. By all intents and purposes, I myself would be considered on the right. Um, I've, I've never defined myself that way. I never came out of like, I am now right wing. It's just the, the people who I thought had the good ideas, the people who accepted me, the uh, people who um, were, were giving me some explanations to what the craziness that I was witnessing was going on and then like how maybe we could get out of it. We're a bunch of old like balding dudes with spectacles who were talking about you know, Roger Scruton and Plato. And and I mean, not that I'm like a Platonist or anything, but just like saying, maybe we should look at the past and like, you know, look at, and so that's me with history. It's yeah, that's, that's what we should do. And, 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 but, but like the firm itself has no ideological bent. We are, we are objective. We, 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 we want to remain um, a, 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 a service provider to as many companies as possible to as many people as possible there is of course not going to be culture fits whether it comes to employees whether it comes to clients um but 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 you can kind of self-select clients themselves will self-select based upon what they perceive that your culture is and so like would I said you earlier, work for a left-wing cause no but there's some right-wing causes that i would not work for i don't i, I don't i'm not i'm not sure i like causes there's, yeah. there's, 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 there's objectives. So, okay. There's an objective that, that must be reached. We need to win an election. Okay. Who is it that's running? Who is this guy or, or girl? Usually it's a guy. All right. Who's this guy? What is he about? What do we want to do? What is, what is he going to do? What's his purpose? Um, what, okay, great. What can we do to help? Uh, pe people know how I helped up like masters. People know how I, you know, worked on Joe Kent's campaign. Um, this is not because I'm some political junkie or some like ideologue or like a zealot uh, for for the right wing cause or for populism or even con conservatism or anything like that. It's I wanted to see an objective accomplished that I thought was better than what was going than uh, than the alternative, and that's entrepreneurship. That's just that's just called 
that's just called being being an American. That's called you know being a, a somebody who 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 understands that if you don't constantly iterate, if you don't get better, if you don't regenerate, you are going to degenerate. Things are going to rot, and that's what we have in this country. That's what we have in the business community. That's what we have when it comes to the agency world that you and I come from. There's no movement. It's all static. It's all stagnation, and so the the right has provided um, me opportunity that I would have never received just by trying to climb the corporate ladder. And then yet, by kind of going my own way, by, by, by working parallel to, to the corporate world, I was able to get into the corporate world and be involved in different uh, strategic decision-making with some, with some pretty big brands. Because eventually people come around and say, I just want someone who's good. I just want somebody who is going to be objective. I don't want somebody who I feel is like ideologically motivated, whether it's by Christianity or by whatever we want to call this new secular religion, wokeism or whatever. They 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 want results. They want to accomplish something. And if that's what I want to do, that's that's how I was able to work on Ford. That's how I was able to work on NASDAQ and Boeing and the Grammys and Colgate and, uh, you know, uh, dozen other things as, as you know, working with uh, on, a, on a, a very high level brand strategy, um, be, because I was because I was trusted to not carry my own biases into the work. So are those those big brand names that you just listed are very impressive, but are they approaching? Beck and Stone, or are you pitching them, or are they looking for? a certain perspective from you? Like, how is that happening? That, that all started, look, like I had, I had done, um, you know, I had, I had done some work for Condé Nast uh, way back in the day. One of my first clients, when I, I, um, when I left the last agency that I was with, um, I, I was just like a private consultant for Condé Nast's uh, demand generation team. And I kind of brought in responsive e emails, right? I mean, that was just not a thing. And, um, and, and, and so your name gets around and then, yeah, it is very much based upon you as in you yourself when, as, as I mean, and, and this is true, whether, whether it is, um, you know, a large place or a small place, whoever the top creative is, whoever like the you know primary, um, person is the creative director, whatever their reputation and their trajectory usually dictates the trajectory of the rest of the, uh, of the, you know, team of, of the, the agency, because it's based on reputation, um, reputation that comes from work. And so, um, I, I, I talked to you about those lean times. I also be, I, you know, I became an adjunct professor, uh, in the city university of New York system. Um, but you know, not because I had a great degree, like I had no degree, even my degree, my associate's degree, remember that I, that I, that I earned, it's not worth anything now. Not, not what even were you teaching? What were you teaching? I was, I was teaching design and digital media. And of course I then turn it into more of like an ethics uh, course because there was so much leniency when it came to the curriculum and the students would tell me, we don't want to learn how to make another website. We, we, we've, we've already been taught that, but like the last four prof professors, what are we going to learn here? And so I like break out like Netflix documentaries and like teach them about like the fire festival and like, you know, Roger Scruton and stuff and, and, and like get them to actually like write for some of them is the first time that 
they've written since high school yeah, and, well, and, and I mean, just, right. and, 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 and then yeah. actually like mentor them. I mean, one of my, one of my students now works for me because he was just like, I don't want to, you know, I, I just want to work for, for you. He, he interned, he freelanced, he part-timed, you know, and, and like, um, that's, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I enjoy anyway. Like during that time as well, um, I, I, um, I was, uh, part of the one club for creativity. So I yeah. mentored there. I was a judge one year. Really? Uh, You're a judge. I, I won a one show. I won a one show award. Oh no. Yeah. I mean, I, I never, I never won it, you know, because I just <laughs> was never doing that, that, that type of like splashy work. Um, but, and, and then, yeah, you know, through these things, it's, it's who do we know? It's okay. We have a need. It's, it's, it's challenging. It's different. And in, in one of these cases, um, it was the Mormons. It was the Church of Latter Day Saints came to WPP, and wow. I, I hope I'm, I'm not violating any NDA by saying this, but um, they they came to WPP and were like, we need to figure out how to interact with culture better. And um, one of the top guys at WPP was just like, okay, great. They start working on it, and you know he's looking at the agency or the 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 kind of tag team of agencies that's that's working on it. He's like, these people don't understand the client culturally. And he's like, okay, who here goes to church? Nobody. Who here calls himself a Christian, right? These, these, these people according to him. Oh, well, they're just, they're just Christians, right? Just a Christian church who has absolute millions of dollars. Um, uh, nobody, nobody in the whole place. So he's like, give me a creative, give me like a, a like conservative Christian creative director. People are like, are you are you joking? Like the person doesn't exist. And some and then some person was like, actually, I I I I know a guy, and that guy was me. And um and 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 that was me kind of just you know. Once once I then worked on on uh, that, they they then wanted to use me on on uh, various pitches. Um, I I uh uh you know also did a stint at McCann uh help help them win a big a big account did some did some pharma work I even worked on a vaccine can you believe it wow. um and uh you know it was it was it was okay yes this guy has his own firm and there was the whole thing about well we don't do 1099s but I mean if the guy is high enough or if like the decision maker is high enough you can you can work on 1099 I mean all of my work um for WPP was all subcontracted through Beck and Stone and then I got to use some of my team sometime but for the most part it was they 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 wanted the main guy um who well, but, you did, but you did just say didn't you just say that they did want you because you were conservative yeah that was that was that was the end the end was that that like there, there was something that was dis something that was distinct as in this guy will actually work on this thing and will give it his best. So, and but I'm saying, but, but, but if they wanted you for being conservative, when you were inside the environment, did they expect that from you in any way? Or it was just because you were from that or like, did they, were they like, what are the, you know, what do the conservatives think about that? <laughs> I mean, like, did they ask you that or was there any kind of, no, no, no. I mean, and and like this is this is this is the problem, right? That like we 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 just like think that somehow you have to wear it on your sleeve, like, um, uh, you know, all that they they uh, wanted was insight, 
into how churches operate into how Christians think again with them and like Mormons, it's just, they, they, they just kind of think that they're the, the same thing. I have to come in and tell them, well, actually Mormons are um, for all intents and purposes, a cult. Um, <laughs> and so you need to think of them in that way because that's, that's how they act. Right. Um, and then, so, so like me being able to counsel them or con- consult them on a, on like a strategic level and then give them solutions saying this is what we could pitch to the client i mean if the mormons ever come out with an anime you'll know who is to blame um or or, or thank but 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 like i don't like want to know what that or, yeah or, i mean yeah. If, if like uh, you ever see like a mormon video game come out on steam okay yeah, yeah. again th- these are just like things that like and 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 so then people then say, okay, we we like needed this guy, yes, because he has this insight, but we don't want him to. We don't we don't we don't want him to you know that to influence all his work. You know, ultimately, like whether you're from 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 uh, you know small town or whether you're from a big city, whether you've been to church or go to go to go to shul or uh, you know go nowhere, people. Uh, when it when it when it comes to being a professional, just want your best possible uh, thoughts, your output. I mean, that's that's what they're paying for. Well, but they're not paying most of their people for that, right? I mean, maybe they're paying people like us that, but they're not paying their people for that. They're paying their people for. I don't know. I mean, like it just, when you work inside these companies, these really mainstream companies, you just realize that money is not really real. Like the money that they're paying their people is not real. Like that, that, those people are just part of a system, right? Like they're not individuals really. I mean, they, like they are, of course they are, you know, I mean, they're all, at some level individuals, but they're not being paid as individuals, I guess, is what I, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I, so this is, this is a complicated question because some of the best professionals who I've ever worked with were at McCann and these various WPP agencies like VML, YNR, Berlin Cameron. Yeah. Um, and then all, and, and, and also some of the worst and, um, the best were the people who just had drive and um, who saw themselves, yeah, saw, saw themselves as an individual and, and like wanted to personally achieve things rather than like climb up in a system. Yeah. And usually it's those people who, who, who were attracted to me. They were, they were people who enjoyed me working with them because who am I? I'm just this outsider guy that like, some strategy chief or, or some, you know, ECD basically just picks up and says, this guy now gets to tell you what to do. Imagine getting, you know, telling five full CDs in a GCD that this guy now gets to tell you, you know, this guy's working with me and we're going to go with this. It, it, uh, it, it ruffled some feathers, but like, ultimately it's because, um, you know, they they had just done it a different way. It isn't that, that they were poor professionals. They had just gone about it in a different way. Um, and, and you know, meanwhile, sometimes some of the worst professionals that I've seen 
are people who are in the smaller niches. Yeah, I think that that's very true. I think, I think in my experience also, like the higher you get in prestige, overall the better. The people are better. The high, the higher up you go, they can they can uh, they can pay people more. Yeah. But also the culture itself of the company is better. Self perpetuating, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's like the bottom feeding. I worked at a pharma agency, the worst place I ever worked in terms of just like the culture, not even the worst place in terms of like, it was such a, it was so easy. Like, it, it, like anybody in their right mind could have just gone there, made a quarter million dollars a year, yeah. turned their brains off, worked an hour a day and just skated along you know you just have to have but the it, right portfolio you know, right yeah know, it was, but right it was words, worth it. I mean, yeah i mean it was pharma right so it was like yeah. just total you know free money and um but it was the worst place that i ever worked because it was so like low prestige you know there that nobody nobody who like thought of themselves as anything special would ever work there you know because they just it was just like a money pit of terribleness. Whereas the more prestigious place I worked always had the better people, always had the higher quality, much more talented, much more driven, much more articulate type of people. And of course, they were more toxic um, in terms of like egos. And in terms well, of I don't even think that's stuff. true, honestly. But, I, th but I think like, the lower level people were worse. Oh, oh no, no. But see, it's it, it it's it's a different kind. So yeah. at a lower level, it's passive aggressive. Yeah, it's much more following. It's HR regimes. Yes. Whereas when you get yes. higher up, it's yes. personal. It's people have personal enemies, mortal enemies, but they're yeah. competing with work. They're 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 competing with ideas. And it becomes, okay, hey, like, you know, we're gonna kind of pitch pitch this thing. This other team from this other agency, you know, if you're doing an interagency pitch, like, do not let this firm. You know, don't don't let that agency from the network win this. You better come back with something that's going to blow my socks off, or 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 you know, I'm going to kill you or whatever. And, and, and not say anyone at WPP or McCann ever said anything like that. Uh, it's it's just it's just more. Um, that's that's the mentality. It's you are competing in this very um, like, I mean, dare I say, masculine way, and that's why like you know getting rid of all like the toxic male creatives, I, th I think is directly linked to um, the decline in the quality that we see. in Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's completely long housed, you know I mean? And that, that's, that's the thing that uh, I just talk about every single podcast with every single person is to me, it all came to a head in 2013, 2014. That was when, the critical mass of HRization took over. You know, that that was like literally the moment. I was working at 72 and Sunny at the time, I, and I was working at LA Weekly at the time. I saw the same thing happen in both places. And it was, you reached a certain critical mass of middle management women having a certain amount of power. And once the scales tipped, it stopped being about the work and it started being about the environment. It started being about the, the, the product of the workplace was the workplace. It wasn't the work. And therefore all those, as you're saying, problematic men who were like 
obsessive and and certain in their ideas it they then got basically pushed to the side and and that yeah. was the end of it i mean that wouldn't it would, or oftentimes they were actually promoted into oblivion do you know that 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 can happen you, you you basically are promoted to be so high you no longer have any say over the actual <laughs> how does that work I mean, I'm not going to bring up the personal examples. No, of like, course. But I mean, it, just like it, how. It, it's it's it, it, it's that somebody, you know, once you get to be like beyond. You're, I mean, you're just making you're making stupid amounts of money. You don't yeah. have to be in the office anymore. You can yeah. come and go as you please. You're, you're mostly doing like high level stuff and like client relations. And yeah, kind of caught up more in like the um, the 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 the. Uh, maintaining of the firm's prestige that you're no longer in the trenches with the work and granted everyone needs to move out from that there's people with like the ideas people and it's it's usually i mean and this is just from what i've seen it's it's guys it's dudes who are into culture who are into the arts who are into music who are into all sorts of weird stuff um but like like you know cars and 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 like like normie stuff too but just on that like like artistically dedicated level they're the ones who um you know, drove originality in yeah, the world it's difficult man it's, it's difficult man and, yeah it, it, yeah it, that's what it is there there's a book uh, out there called difficult men about the heyday the most recent heyday of uh tv so I don't know if you're a TV guy, but Mad Men, Sopranos, Breaking Bad, uh, it began with The Wire, and um, there's one other that I'm forgetting. But all uh, all these guys are, are uh, um, uh, Deadwood, Deadwood, David Milch. He was the craziest of any of them. So you know, like uh, Hollywood got kind of dragged down. So all the crazy, difficult men moved to TV. And that heyday of, of 15 years of all those guys making these absolute masterpieces, there's a book out there called Difficult Men, and it goes through one by one. Every single one of them was a complete fucking nutcase, lunatic, autistic, crazy, problematic guy. David Milch used to do this thing where he would... Uh, he created NYPD Blue and uh, West, or uh, I keep saying West, but Deadwood. He would bring all his hot young interns into a room with him in a dark room, and he would edit the episodes live on a projector. <laughs> so, which I mean, think about as a writer for me, that's just the most hilarious thing in the world because it's like editing in front of all these like twenty-three-year-old girls absolute fucking insanity you could never do that today you would be instantly fired and you know great shit came out of that because you need to have that tension you need to have that oddness and that weird vision and that weird shit it's just it's just the fucking way it is and our industry is the same you know our guys were making great stuff for so long and at a certain point 2013 2014 it just stopped being allowed and i think the problem you're talking about the promoting to the top, that's the hype dad problem. The hype dad problem is the cool guy. He had taste, but then you're right. He just gets paid off to the point where he's vacationing all the time. He's got his $5,000 bike. 
you know, he's surfing, he's pretending to surf, you know, he's probably got like a couple mistresses around, whatever. And he has no ideas. So he comes back to the dinner table. It's his daughter on TikTok, And she's like, goat, the goat. Look, it's the goat. And then every campaign for that year is the goat because this this guy is just like the goat, you know, because he's out of ideas. You're right. He's 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 been basically paid off. He's been paid off of the reservation. He doesn't yeah. have like the energy anymore. Oh, that's a that's a, that's a crazy thing to think about when it comes to households. Yeah, it's that that the households are basically dad. You just you just check out. Yeah. Don't don't don't, don't be a father. Yeah, don't, don't pay attention. Either. Don't pay attention. Yeah. 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 And then meanwhile, it's like the mother's the one who is all involved in all the kids and, yeah. and you know um and 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 like look like you know, I don't I, I the, the 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 challenges that we're facing now in terms of creative work they're going to get worse i think because we are going to suffer a, a sort of um we, we we maybe are suffering like a uh a real contraction of talent as in people aren't going to be able to hide behind the prestige of the historic agencies anymore i mean just what wpp is doing in combining and like getting rid of like the classic names it's names of men uh, who yeah. who like built these places and yeah now it's all going to be like memory. 75 spark like every yeah. agency is going to have one of these horrible yeah agencies. yeah and, and then it's it's going to be filled with people who you're really like competing for who's going to be sitting at the controls of these automated tools who is going to be able to follow the rules the best and it's just something that is is just the antithesis of really the the american maybe it's you know just the northern the northern spirit right of just like people from the north have to fight have to struggle that's how they get strong and then they then you know conquer and then that's that's their, their that's the that's kind of what america was built on that's what that's what england was built on that's how the mongols worked um you know it's 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 kind of yeah like descending from the north and um you know taking the luxury and the 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 comforts and the de- you know, taking advantage of that of that decadence um, that the old established regimes have. Um, and then there's really nobody left to kind of man the walls. Uh, and I mean, this is, this is how the Mongols were able to succeed. It was just, there was just so many places where they were so rich, they were so wealthy and had been for so long. I mean, only since Alexander, who for yeah. in some cases, where it's just like, they, 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 they had no one to fight. They just yeah. had no one to defend against these, Mongols and and yeah. so there's going to come this kind of cataclysm. I mean, maybe it won't be a cataclysm, but but this con- this contracting where we just simply don't have talent anymore who knows how to take risks. We we know how to act out, but like taking a risk and like just being autistic and kind of like acting out and spazzing and like getting caught up in like whatever like your idea is 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 very different, right? Risks are measured. Risks are deliberate. Um, and 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 that's where innovation comes from, right? It, it doesn't come come from the crazies, but it comes from people who are willing to kind of adopt the madman for a moment in order to execute on something, in order to achieve something. It's kind of putting on the armor. Uh, well, it's also it's war. also singularity of vision. You know, I mean, I I think that that's a big part of it. Is it's not, it's like, you know, as you know, as a dad, like. 
maybe this isn't true of you, but it's definitely true of me. Uh, my my wife and child will take as much attention as I as they can get. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if I don't put up the if I don't put up the wall, there's no wall. You know what I mean? And while well, you have an office versus working yeah. from home, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that, and that's why this office literally saved my life because without this office, I would have been dead. And and so like being thought of as a crazy guy, a lot of times it's just absolutely blocking off any invasion into the clarity of the vision that you have. And to do that, you got to kind of like fight people away from you. A lot of times you got to say like, I am not going to listen to your opinion. I'm not going to listen to your, uh, you know, judgment of me. I realize that I'm being inappropriate. Right. But it's like, in order to focus on this thing that I have to do, I have to be like that. Like I have to like keep it unpolluted. You know, which yeah. is, I think, a lot of reason why people like they seem crazy, but really they're just trying to like keep that sacred vision from being knocked to the side. I guess you know, maybe. Well, what then? What then happens though when no one, no one's being motivated by risk taking anymore? Everyone is motivated by rule following. Yeah, and then suddenly the Mongols are at the gate. Suddenly now there is a. You know, I mean, what, what what we saw in this last year is an absolute massacre of um, really like mid-level uh, white collar jobs. And I mean, not even really white collar. It's kind of I, I, I call it the um, I call it the V-neck class because it's like tech people. It's like tech people who are, you know, project owner, product manager, uh, customer success associate, you know, like the, these which just tons of these jobs are just going away. They're just disappearing. And, 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 and it's, it's even then extending to, okay, like people who could, you know, maybe once um, be like a copywriter or be an art director. Now it's like, dude, like you're, you're going to have to bring more to the table in order to make that even, even close to that same kind of money. Um, you know, agencies that, that were once 800 heads are now 80 heads and basically doing the same amount of work, maybe even more work. Um, so, so like what, what then, what then happens, right? Like what then happens with all these, uh, I mean, like do, does, does advertising, does the, does the branding side of things, right? We're talking about the ideas. We're talking about the things that filter down to the rest of, um, yeah, the, the rest of the client's business, but really it's the rest of culture. I mean, America is a culture that's shaped by its advertising. Absolutely. Or or that 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 historically was at least, but now advertising is so out of touch with what's going on in culture. They, yeah. they, they, this this it's 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 actually become the thing that people loathe about their about themselves yeah. and um yeah. you know about corporate America or whatever that is actually driving people away from this, and therefore uh it, you know it only makes the problem worse. People don't want to work like crazy people, difficult men don't want to work in advertising because that's what they can expect. And so, 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 I mean, but isn't this good for us? I mean, like, I I think the difference in our perspective is I think we are the Mongols. We are the Mongols. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, I, the, the more that the longhouse does this, the better it is. I mean, the the cheaper I can hire people for, because the more disgusted they are, 
you know, I meet young, talented guys all the time that I put on my team or I try to put on my team. You know, some work out, some don't. But sometimes you just get a guy who's a perfect fit, who's out there on his own, you know, completely alienated from everything. And you're just like, holy, holy shit, man. Like, he's good. He's good. And he's yeah, like, been completely you're, you're alienated. That no one else picked yeah. this person up. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, he's just been alienated. And it's like, all right, well, if you're going to alienate, if you're going to have no understanding of what's good, all the better for me. You know? Yeah. All yeah. Right. It's, 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 and, and, and this is where I think that we just stay the course. One, we don't, we don't spaz out and, and like always, always be working hard, but then also realize that we, we are the, we are the conquering force. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a Mongol, but I will gladly be a Viking. <laughs> um, and 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 kind of you know, it's like it's like charting some new land. It's it's like saying like I'm going to uh, work on things that other people um, didn't didn't want to work on. I mean, me picking up some some you know conservative uh, intellectual magazines or, or some you know education centers or whatever uh, and churches and stuff and people think like oh you know well that's that's boring work i just want to work on coca-cola i do more creative stuff for like boring stodgy like conservatives and like i don't know anglicans and roman catholics uh then 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 people at mccann get to do for coke yeah and, like that's that's like remarkable and what that Very does is that attracts people, like you're saying. It, it, I mean, I, I've had people say, um, like, dude, like, I'm making a career. Like, basically, I'm either going to make a career change um, and I'm going to just get out of this or I'm going to work for you because I'm not I'm just done with the HR regime. Um, I can't take one more DEI webinar. Okay. I'm, I'm going to kill myself, basically. Yeah. And then, like, not do any actual, like, real work. And um and yeah, I, I I just just by the number of people that I've had that have approached me like that, it 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 gives me hope that eventually clients will follow. Clients yeah. at the end, if we trust that really the the spirit of man is not completely uh, uh, ex extinguished, and there's still some objectivity, they still want to make money. People still want to make money. People still want to do well. People still want to accomplish things, even if they're in a major corporation, which has an HR regime, whatever, a, a CEO, a decision maker still wants good stuff. And ju just like with, you know, me and the guy that's just like, just give me someone who understands this client. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter their skin color or their religious background or who they voted for. I want to win. Bring me winners. And, um, that's, that's where, that's where we will be. Well, we will, we'll be waiting is... and then we will be taking from Pentagram. We will be taking from McCann. Um, and, 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 and then, you know, Lord willing, we'll do a better job of stewarding, um, those, those relationships, whether it's with the clients or whether it's with the employees. And I mean, really you know, being, being more sensitive to, to, uh, ultimately the customer too. Um, this is a customer oriented business. If like we don't keep the end goal in mind, if we don't keep the end user in mind, uh, we've, 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 we've truly lost the, uh, plot. Um, that, that like, we, you know, it'll, it, it, you know, our time will come. We might be 50 years old when it, when it does, but I think it will, it will happen. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. I agree. I, I see it the exact same way that you do. And I think, the thing that you're talking about can't be killed. You know, that, that drive towards 
uh, uh, God, it's like extraordinariness or that drive towards winning or that drives towards flourishing. I'm, I'm forgetting the word that I actually want to use right now, but, um, all those things and more. <laughs> yeah, what excellence, excellence. I excellence. I guess the drive towards excellence, you can't kill that. I mean, that, that's one of the beautiful things about God and the beautiful things about man and this world is that there are certain things you can't get rid of. And they're yeah. not going to get rid of that. And they've tried so many which ways, you know, they've tried to make it just this flat, endlessly flat thing but it's never gonna die you can't kill it it's and so you know in the end we will win but it's the on the other hand uh the 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 negative side is that you can't just get rid of these people in power they're not just gonna go away you know it's it's like they're they're not gonna just like oh yeah you know you guys are better than us like no they're gonna fight hand and tooth and unfortunately they've been put in this position of great inertia Right. And so they're just going to put their foot on that break as, as hard as they can. And, 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 you know, uh, if we're the Mongols, they're going to lay their siege stuff around their, around their city. And it's, it's going to be a long battle. And I really think that it's like just getting started really. And and, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you so much, man. Yeah. this, This was really great. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah fascinating person, Andrew. I, I really, I want more people to, to like know about you and, and not that people don't, everybody already does, but I'm just saying like even more people, uh, like outside of our scene, you're really an extraordinary person. So I really, uh, I appreciate this and I appreciate all your insights. No, no, I'm, I'm extremely grateful to, for you to have me on. And of course, just for this kind of friendship at, at some point, we're going to attend some event or, or some yeah. summit or something where we're together, but it just seems like wherever I am, you are not. And then wherever you are, uh, you are, I am, I am not, or uh, can't, can't make it. But it, this, this is, this is still a relatively small world. It's, it's getting bigger. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that you're part of it. And I'm glad that you're kind of sharing it with me. It's, it's, uh, it's always nice to, to just have more people, um, in this in this fight um and and uh, that's that's truly what it is if if man doesn't struggle if man doesn't have something to to fight and to fight for um we're we're we we are truly lost well right but it's like what better time than you know it's like i'm right thankful now. for for this struggle but uh all right thank you andrew i'll send right, people to the website i'll talk to you okay. soon bye-bye bye